Welcome to Spread the Floor, the world's first and only NBA podcast, probably. I'm your host, Brian Gill, joined as always by the Willie Hernan Gomez to my Juan Hernan Gomez. It's my co-host, Tobin Hodges. Tobin, how's it going, buddy? That's Juancho, my friend, Juancho. It's either one. You can go. It's it's. it's I feel like choice. if your name was Juancho, you should never go by Juan because Juancho is a, such a baller name. I love it so uh-huh. much. Uh-huh. I should have named Hernan. my children, one of my children, Juancho. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. One of your 12 or 13 kids that you're not allowed to talk to. Gotcha. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, man. I love that joke. I did that to Ty on uh, Rank Kings this week as well. I liked I like that joke. I like to throw that one out. Um, we have so much to talk about tonight. And so we much. Just, we start, we're starting very late because uh, we were watching, watching the Mavs and stuff, so... So, um, R.I.P. to uh, your work schedule tomorrow. Um, yep. the, here's what we got. We're gonna talk about a whole bunch of stuff. We're gonna talk about uh, we're gonna talk about the Frank Vogel hot seat thing, which was the the topic of podcast discussion today. Uh, so I feel like we have to do it. We're gonna look at just to kind of touch on just like the parody around the league. Definitely gonna dunk on the Jazz a little bit. Um, we have uh, we had a trade, Tobin. Two trades, actually, um, sort of, sort of, and uh, and also. Oh, wait, no, maybe. we have three trades technically. Okay, well, one one happened before the the, the first bowl bowl trade was in our last episode. I believe. Oh yeah, okay. So before that, so we got two trades. I'm gonna rant about uh, something not basketball related, and we may have a little Mavs time as well. Lots to get into here. Hopefully, we'll go fast with some of these segments, and if not. I don't care. It's a free podcast. I don't know. Just deal with it, okay? Yeah, the Gosh, longer dang. we go, the more the more like value you get, right? Is that how it goes? That's right. Yeah. 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 Okay. We gotta start with injuries though, because there's a bunch right now. Last week, right at the end of our episode, the Paul George news broke that he was having potentially season ending uh it's not even surgery. It's like they're giving it more time to rest. That's not great. Uh as somebody who has massive elbow issues, um, it's not great, Tobin. That's not great. And the Clippers are in a bad spot. Now they're killing the, the Nuggets. The, the Clippers, should the Clippers trade for Doc Rivers again? Like, because <laughs> now this team is like perfect for Doc Rivers. There's no stars left. It's all just like dudes who are trying hard. Um, I got a better question for you. Does Doc sure. Rivers accept that trade? And I'm pretty sure the answer is no. Yeah, thank the answer is so definitely no. But I'll retire. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be pretty funny. Uh, yeah, Clippers are in trouble. Like the West is weird because <laughs> we've we've spent the last like most of our lives being in this place where the West is so dramatically better than the East. It's not even close. And this year, like. The Timberwolves are going to get the at least the, the like the nine seed just almost by default because all these teams are just like dropping like flies. Nobody can put together a, a competitive winning streak. So, like the Clippers may still find themselves in it, quote unquote. But if Paul George is out, there's um, there was never any chance that Kawhi. I was listening to a pod today, Tobin, and I won't name the pod because I'm I'm not I'm not trying to be that guy, but. <laughs> Where one of the hosts asked the other host, 
if Paul George is out, do you think that makes Kawhi Leonard more likely to play? Because he wants he, he the team needs him. He's going to get in there and and try to bring this team back to into <laughs> like the playoff contention. And the other host was like, "No, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like he literally no sat, chance. Yeah. He literally sat a whole season in his old team yeah. because he didn't want to come back from an injury." <laughs> what makes you think he's going to come back and help a team that has a barely has a chance to even stay in the playoffs? Ridiculous. So yeah, ridiculous. Clippers are in trouble. Paul George. Paul George is having a really great like first month and a half of the season, and then he's just kind of been that kind of sucks left too because like he yeah. was having a good year. You know the thing is though, like for them, like <laughs> you could say, well, it's okay, take the year off, get your pick, you know, but they don't have it, so that's it's kind of like a lose lose all around. Like they're not going to gain anything from being in the lottery Mm -hmm. or I mean, short of resting your stars, I guess like maybe, but like they're kind of old, like they don't really need, you know, I mean, obviously they need rest, but this is not the time to take a year off in your window. So yeah, obviously you can't control it. They don't have their pick either. That's 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 what I just said. Yeah. Yeah. Like they just don't, they, if they had their pick, like you don't, you're not going to, you know, care, but like, if anything, I went to the Mavs Thunder game a couple of days ago, and I went with a Thunder fan, and and he was just like, "I really hope the Clippers just decided to to you know tank everything." I was like, "If anything, they're not going to because they right. know that you're that you have that pick, but yeah. they could legitimately come away with a two two top five top ten picks if they're yeah. lucky." So and keep keep Presti's job forever. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think Lillard. Last time we recorded, Lillard was had. Yeah, we already talked about that. He's not going to play again this yeah. season. He's not going to play. Well, they already they, shut him down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they haven't said he's out for the season yet, but he he is. He's not coming back. He's not coming back from that this year, because unlike the Clippers, they do have their pick, and so they're going to do that. That's. I mean, and they're smart to do that. By the way, at this point, like I'm, you know how I feel about about taking. I think it's it's. Mm-hmm. It's selective when it's right to do so. For them, this it's is, not really tanking. It's just we yeah. need to we need to reassess and we need to get right. him healthy. So this is the Tim Duncan, the the David yes. Robinson Tim Duncan. Yeah, game. yeah. But but we'll be probably less successful because I don't know. But anyway, um, Willer's not been very good this season. Obviously, we know that. But still, Portland is another team that that could almost by default get into the playing game at least if they had their team if they were healthy but mm-hmm. i do not think they are i'm very i've said this before i know you you've echoed it i'm very curious to see um what portland does over the next two weeks three weeks before the trade deadline because i just think they have as bad as that team has been as ill-fitting as all their pieces mm-hmm. are i do think that there is a market maybe not a it's not a huge market but i think there's a market for covington for nance maybe for nurkic Ben McLemore. I think there's several guys that they can move. Um, and they, so they held some, some real, so they held some cards in the trade market. So it'll be, be interesting. Yeah. A guy who I think was getting traded and now I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it happens. Miles Turner's out for a while, man. I, it, it's, it's, they, they said two to three weeks and then they'll reevaluate. It's a stress reaction. Yeah, that's never a good. Oh. When they give you yeah. like a, a month of sitting out and then say we'll reevaluate afterwards, that's just never. That's that's yeah. a year long injury, in my opinion. So, yeah. yeah, it sucks because like he can still be traded technically. Right. But the value just bottoms out at that point. So, you know. Uh, if, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're the Hornets. Because they had been linked to Miles, and I think that's a, a team that that makes a lot of sense for Miles Turner. So it's not just the noise, but 
if you're if you're the Charlotte Hornets and you're trading for Miles Turner, who by the way missed a ton of games last year, I mean, he's not. I mean, I'm not saying he's like you know it's not like Greg Oden or something, but he's he's not a always healthy guy um, mm-hmm. at this point. Feet, you know, it's not good. Foot issues for big guys, not good. Um, but if you're if you're the Hornets, how are you trading for Miles Turner when you're like the you're the six seven seed, you're needing a big guy. But like, is this guy is this guy even gonna be? Is he gonna play this year? And is he gonna be good when he comes back? You know, that's a tough that's a tough sell, especially when the Pacers are apparently asking for two first round picks or a high first round. Just, pick just like, listen, I, I, you know, you know, I like Turner more than most. Asking for two first round picks for that dude is qu- quite the. That is quite the jump. I just, I, I was shocked to see that. Well, maybe not shocked, but like just good grief. Like that, that was such a high yeah. asking price. And so that's certainly not happening. Even if he is coming back before the trade deadline, there's no way that that that's going to happen now with this news. So it's just, you know, yeah. Yeah. I that's kind of that, that. Sorry. That, that's, that's one of those things where like the, the Pacers really, really should have played their hand a lot sooner. Cause now they're, you know, they're sitting on, a deal, mm-hmm. a deal they just can't do anything with. And so, yeah, they're stuck in now because they already were in a place where they should be making deals and they weren't, and they've been holding on forever. Now that Turner's out, I think the market for him obviously goes down if it exists at all. I, I, I don't know. I mean, some team probably is out there saying, yeah, we'll do it. We'll still do it. But, but are they going to pay whatever the highest dollar no. is? So, and you might have the but pressure now. they also now. need Turner to be good, you know? Sure. So it's like, and you might have the pressure now to sell, um, Sabonis or something, yeah. you know, and like yeah. because you know at this point you you kind of need to get something because your team. Yeah, I think not Levert's good. gone at this point. I think yeah. I think this will push Levert out the out the door because there's nothing that they're going to do to be able to get into actual contention for for the real playoffs. You know, mm-hmm. um, like the t- the the ten seed is is kind of their ceiling at this point, and I don't think that they're going to get there. There, no. are, there are much better teams ahead of them. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know what the cost for Levert is. I don't know what you can get, but but they should. They should. They should trade off what they can. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, the two big ones injury wise we need to touch on uh, is, is are KD and Draymond. KD sprained his MCL. Um, that makes obviously that makes me very nervous because, you know, just in case I don't know. In case listeners doesn't know, if you sprain your that's a tear. You have torn something. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the number of injuries that KD has suffered over the last few years, um, from his foot to the, the Achilles to every, I mean, it's, it's, <sighs> there's a lot and it's, it's stressful. And I think he, he was in a place where I think he was kind of making a claim for the, the, the MVP this year. Mm-hmm. I think the odds had, had moved pretty heavily towards him. Maybe not as the number one guy, but like one or two, you know, and he's sort of, <laughs> keeping this whole thing together, this super talented team that can't get their guys on the court for myriad reasons and stuff. And now he's out for four to six weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Do you take anything from the camp that says, do you, do you lean it all towards the camp that says injuries are never a good thing, but maybe this is an opportunity for Harden and Irving in the games that he's allowed to play to like sort of, establish themselves and figure it out because they were leaning very heavily on KD prior to the injury. I don't think, I don't think this is good at all, honestly. And I don't like the, the only positive that could come out of this is that 
Katie can get fully he- like refreshed for a playoff run because you don't need him playing every game to still finish top four in the in the East before the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And and they're kind of that weird like there's NFL teams like this. I don't think this works as much in basketball, but like th- they're one of those teams that they don't have to be clicking completely when it gets to the playoffs to do what they need to do because there's so many veterans on that team and Katie alone can carry a team. And so the problem is, as we've said before on our, he's on our Dunzo list. So I can't talk about him too much, but um, (laughs) this is not a normal situation because you don't have the other two of your big three every night. And so Mm -hmm. like if they, if they had Kyrie and Harden every night, this really wouldn't be that big of a deal. And that's why it's okay not okay, but that's why you sign the big three because you can sur- you can survive an injury like this. But Katie yeah. has proven that he recovers well from injuries and he rehabs well. I don't know what he does, but so I think he will come back and be fine. And I think as long as they can stay in the top four, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. think they should worry about it. I mean, there's some folks that are saying actually they probably want to drop to the five so that they don't have a, a potential game seven at home. Ooh, I didn't even Man think about that. Play. I, you know, somebody brought up, I don't know if it was in the discord or, or what, but somebody brought up that if they, if they end up being one or two, they have a yeah. real chance of playing Toronto. Yeah, that was me. Yeah. They could play Toronto yeah. or New York in if the first they, round. Yeah. If they yeah. play Toronto or the Knicks in the first round, then he literally cannot play in the series. And so that, you know, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe dropping to the five seed is is maybe that's maybe that's the saving grace of Katie going out for a month. So, yeah, I, yeah, I think I, I think this is yeah. one of those like this is the perfect time for an injury because now he doesn't have to do the All Star game and you know he can rest up and then come back for the last twenty game push. I think and that'll be mm-hmm. you know that'll be good yeah. for them. Yeah, you're right that he recovers. Like he's somebody that it seems like he can miss six weeks and come back and be like, cool, I'm still Kevin Durant and it's no problem. So that's great. Um, at a certain point, I, I, you mentioned this with Clay Thompson last week that like every mm-hmm. time he jumped, you were nervous and, mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff that I'm getting there with KD. I just, I, yeah, he's, he's getting a lot. Man. Yeah. He's and he's getting to that age where yeah. that's going to be a real thing. And yeah. his body type is just, it's right. so lanky and tall. He's kind of like that. That was the thing with Yao Ming is that he was so tall and, and he was seven foot five and kind of thick and it just wore his legs out. Yeah. KD is kind of in that same boat because he's, 6'10", and he's playing a guard position. And so, like, he's not a normal 6'10". He's got a lot of wear and tear. And he's been in the league for what? Like, I mean, 15 yeah, years 15 now? 15 years, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, he's, you know, he's 33 years old. So, and he's not, he's not a normal 33-year-old veteran. Like, he's been playing since he right. was 18. So, it's just, you know, it's it's normal. And But this is why you get Kyrie Irving and James Harden. And right. so... I expect him to come back well, but I do think there's there's some cause for concern. Now, the, the plus side of this, not of the injury, but, like, if you're looking at the, well, what's the best-case scenario? Nobody can establish themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what we'll kind of talk about here in a second. But, you know, it, 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 they may come back. If they can just kind of tread water, he probably comes back to a team that's, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth, something like that, and then they can move forward. So we'll yeah. see. Um, Draymond is the more concerning one to me yep. from a, a, a roster or excuse me, from a, a team standpoint, because the, as great as Steph Curry is, and as much as he may be the MVP and all that sort of stuff. And as much as we love Clay Thompson, the engine of that team 
Um, really on both sides of the ball in a lot of ways, but certainly on defense is Draymond Green. And his injury went from a calf injury to actually he's going to have to to have an MRI on a, a disc in his back. And that really stresses me out. Mm-hmm. I just like back injuries, I, want, obvi- I just like really, really make me nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, and... So he's out and he's gonna miss. They're gonna. He's this. It's the same thing as Turner. They're like reevaluating him in a couple couple of weeks. That really could, that could be a massive factor in the standings mm-hmm. of of the Western Conference. Like they could go on a. Re- they they could lose, as again as good as the rest of that team is. They they, they no Draymond is like the type of thing where it's like. He missed twelve games and we lost eight of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's that's a real big. Well, and and they've team. lost half of their half of their losses have come in the last ten games, and so yeah. they yeah. you know it, it, on top of that, Curry is looking a little bit fragile lately because he's had to carry the load of everything for a couple years, mm-hmm. and Clay still doesn't look one hundred percent, obviously, right. and that's normal. Um, so if they're gonna be fine, I think in the short term. But if Draymond doesn't come back at all or what he needs to be, yeah, that could be challenging. Because like if you even right now, like they're two and a half games back of the Suns, two and a half games up on the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies could easily catch them considering how hot they're playing. And then you're looking at facing a team like the Nuggets or maybe even like a a fully healthy Lakers team in the first yeah. round. And that's yeah. a lot harder order than, you know the trailblazers or the Timberwolves or the, you know, like it's, right. so it's just, it, it, you can't ever count them out obviously, but Draymond missing, like that's one of those things, like people look at Draymond's lines and they're like, Oh, well, you know, he's not doing anything, but they don't like, the, yeah. I think this yeah, record, attention. yeah, right. this record this week shows why he is one of the most valuable players in the NBA. And so I think he's the defensive player of the year this year. And yeah, he's now going to miss a huge chunk of games. They cannot win. They cannot actually as currently constructed, they cannot contend for a title without Draymond Green um, at 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 his level, you now, know, the level that he's capable. The of. caveat we did not talk about is they have, as we've said before, like the ace in the hole for trades right now. Right. They have two young players that are very coveted, and they also have a big contract that can move um, for mm-hmm. big players. They have, you know. Sure. So they can make moves to make this right. a, an right. effective year for them, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's I, I'm not I won't, I won't say I'm worried because they've kind of gone into Spurs territory for me, where like you really mm-hmm. can't count them out unless sure. they're actually dead. So you know, yeah, yep. No, I feel you. All right, let's move on because Tobin, Hark, <laughs> a trade. Hark! Hark! Silver! Hark! We got two trades. Let's start with a teeny tiny one that doesn't really matter. Bryn Forbes is going to Denver. It gives them a little bit of shooting in the backcourt because they suck at shooting and their backcourt is brutal. Compazzo is like one of the worst guards I've ever seen in the NBA. Like awful, awful. He's awful. Um, they have absolutely nothing in that backcourt. So, I mean, Bryn Forbes is a guy that like I, you know super unimpresses you in the in the playoffs. Like he just Milwaukee last year was a great example where. I think he had one game where he really contributed in and that stretch. He was atrocious. He's just terrible. Yeah. I mean, he just he's so tiny. He can't dribble. He can't do anything defensively. He is a shooter. He's a really good shooter. Um, and they they'll use that. That will be helpful in the regular season. Now, if mm-hmm. you're depending on him 
to be in your rotation in the playoffs, you're not going to, to do well, I think, usually. So, but they do that. Um, to me, the more interesting part of this was, A, that Bo Bowl got traded twice. <laughs> that just doesn't happen very often. Uh, like, that, I, I was trying to think of this when, hit, when that first trade got turned down. I was going back through my mind of just like, okay, what were trades that got turned down? Uh, Brooke Lopez to OKC was one that came to mind. Uh, Sean Elliott got traded. Let's see. Sean Elliott got traded from the Spurs to the Rockets for Robert Ory, and they failed back his physical, I believe, is is what that one was. That was like in 1993 or something. And then he got traded to the Pistons the next year for Dennis Rodman. And then he got back to the, the Spurs a year later. So it's, that one's kind of weird, but... Bulbul traded twice and finally won sticks because the Celtics don't care about his physical because they're just all they're doing on this. And this is the most interesting thing is trying to get under the luxury tax. It kind of feels like the Celtics are waving the white flag, mm-hmm. but <laughs> are they going to wave it in the way they need to wave it? Or is it going to be as we talked about where they just kind of act like they're okay, but not okay. Uh. We went hard at the Celtics last week. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to go. I don't want to do it again. Um, I don't either. I just. But yeah, I agree. <laughs> like, I think that. I mean, you're right. Um, Forbes is not going to be what Denver needs in the playoffs necessarily. Or at least he hasn't shown that in his in himself. But to me, this is a. We need to get some shooting in the regular season to kind of stop the bleeding a little bit, and I think that, sure. and he basically gave up nothing for it. So like, yeah. it's not it's a it's a win for them. And Bryn Forbes has proven to be a a good asset in the season. So yeah. he's shooting forty five percent from three. Yeah, I mean, you're not yeah. giving up anything for it. You're giving up a, a young player that never was going to do anything for you anyway. And so yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was a smart move. Um, it's going to be real funny if, if Forbes lights it up in the regular season and then just completely pulls the rug out from underneath himself in the playoffs, though. So, mm-hmm. yep, yep. All right. The the slightly, I mean, it is definitely a bigger trade. Uh, was Cam Reddish, who we talked about last week because there's much dysfunction within the Hawks, although they did beat the Bucks and the Wolves uh, over the last week and were. I mean, it wasn't like they were down by thirty or something, but like both of those games. I was watching and I was like, Bucks have this and turned away and then later found out that the Hawks had come back and won. And then kind of the same thing happened tonight with the Wolves. I was like, yep, this is over. And it, it was not over. They've come back to win. So that's, you know, maybe they're riding the ship. I don't know. But they, we talked about Cam Reddish a, lot, a little bit last week. Um, it felt like the trade was, it felt like for sure he's getting traded by the deadline. I don't know yeah. about anybody else like John sure. Collins or gallinari or whoever else but it definitely felt like reddish's time is is pretty much over here and it happened he goes to new york along with the 2025 second round pick uh the and solomon hill who the knicks cut and the knicks sent a they sent kevin knox he's one of the worst basketball players i've ever seen in my life and uh this year's hornets pick that's pretty heavily protected so it's like a 50-50 whether or, that, or mm-hmm. not that conveys this year or next year. It's more than likely going to be a second-round pick, I think, is what I what I read. So. so I heard today that it's like, I think it's top 18 protected this year, top 16 the year after, and top 14 the year after that, and then it becomes two second-round picks. So, I, I mean, there's a that's going to get conveyed. The Hornets are going to be in contention for the playoffs for the next three seasons. So I think, I think that's pretty likely that the Hawks will come out of this with a – late teens early 20s kind of pick mm-hmm. so 
that's what they got for Cam Reddish, who was, what, the eighth pick, tenth pick in the draft? Yep. And the other guy in the Luka trade, so that Hawks fans love to to crow about. Of, But they but they also got Cam Reddish. And you're like, right. Now mm-hmm. you have Kevin Knox, so. <laughs> now you have Kevin Knox. What are you... What are your thoughts on this trade? We don't need to go long on this at all, but like, give me give me the 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 overview on. Do you like the trade? This feels like a a nobody wins, nobody loses kind of trade in a lot of ways. But some people really thought that. Uh, you know what? I won't say some people. People who watch a lot of co- of of high school basketball, I think, really overvalue who Cam Reddish is as an NBA player because he was like the number three prospect in that in his his. Uh, recruiting class and he has all these physical tools and he looks the part and and all of this stuff and yet we're we're three seasons four seasons in and he has yet to prove pretty much anything consistently as a three and d player he is a three and d player who cannot consistently make threes and does not consistently defend anybody Mm -hmm. Um, so i don't know where where do you stand on on this for the knicks and cam reddish in general um, I think that for the Knicks, it's a who cares? Like it's I, I don't see any reason why you should be upset if the Knicks did. You gave a player who literally could not get off the eleventh, twelfth spot of your bench, yeah. you know, and a second round pick. So I mean, for the Knicks, it's a I think it's a win for them in a default kind of way because like if he ends up being a person that you can bring in for some scoring off the bench, then great. Like you know, more power to you, but it's not going to necessarily solidify them into the playoffs, you know, but for what you gave up, why not? I mean, it's just, you know, sure. it's a couple of second round picks and Kevin Knox. And, you know, that's the, the worst part about that is that people were offering them a whole lot of stuff for Kevin Knox a couple of years ago. And that if that's, if that's the losing part of this, then fine. But, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think if anything, the Hawks are, pretty look pretty bad in this situation i think if they would have held out on reddish mm-hmm. somebody at the deadline may have gotten crazy and been like oh we gotta ha- like we, we missed out on this person we gotta get this per- we gotta get reddish now and so i think that if anything in this situation the hawks maybe were not patient enough but mm-hmm. who knows maybe there were like there was a lot of turmoil that we like we talked about last week behind the yeah. scenes and so maybe he was part of that and they're trying and you know in the i mean the hawks have gone on a run in the last couple games so who knows but yeah, I don't think there's really any losers necessarily in this. I think part of it, from the Hawks' standpoint, it was we we've got to clear some space because uh-huh. I think we talked about this last week. Yeah, it, it's pretty clear that that part of their issue is we have too many guys who are who all want a bigger role than what they they're getting, and we got to get somebody out of here. I also have heard that that uh, Cam Reddish's representation, which I believe is clutch, has let it be known that they are expecting 18 to $20 million a year for him. Um, so that's going to be a fun negotiation uh, for somebody because I think that half of that would be insane. So um, that's not... I think that's part of it. I Look, man, I think that, that Cam Reddish... Kevin Knox is, has a little bit of this as well, but... To me, I saw Kevin. I will say this: Kevin Knox's tape was so underwhelming to me in the, in that draft class. I just thought this guy doesn't do anything. Like he's a he's a what does he do guy? He's like, mm-hmm. well, he's athletic, okay, but like, what does he do on the court that's going to help us? And I know he 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 played a little bit his rookie season. He had some decent numbers, mm-hmm. 
So did Alonzo Trier, who's not in the NBA. Um, like that was just a yeah. That Gosh, year, that was Knicks such a weird such year. A free for all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they just were like rolling out the ball and saying, "We really don't care, guys. Just shoot if you want to." That I, I Kevin Knox doesn't understand, doesn't know anything about basketball. Um, in in my in my learned opinion, um, so I think there's a little bit of that to it, but it's much bigger with with Cam Reddish. I think one of the hardest things for a young player to do is is to come around on role acceptance and an understanding of this is who I am, this is who I thought I was, but this is who I actually am in this league. And it very much appears to me that Cam Reddish suffers from that, that he still thinks I'm the number three prospect in my in my draft my draft class. I'm a superstar. Mm-hmm. I'm the guy that everybody compared to Paul George in the draft comps and stuff like that. And I, I like Cam Reddish. I like his, again, he's one of those guys that like he, he looks the part. And so, I I mean, I'm hoping that he figures it out, but I, if I was a betting man at this point, if you could bet, I would, I don't think I would, I don't think I would bet on it. I think that this is a, I think this is somebody who is, Maybe the third or fourth place he goes is finally going to be like like Stanley. I mean, we're watching like Stanley Johnson be yeah, pretty yeah. important to the Lakers right now, and that's a guy who Nick Nurse sat down and said, "You are not good at basketball, and you need to figure that out." <laughs> and yeah, at their best, they both of these guys, Knox and Reddish, will be like some veteran presence on a championship team like sure, five, six maybe. years from now sure. that comes in and gets some, get, get some heaters. I don't think Knox will. Knox will be no, playing No, I totally year. agree He's with awesome. you. I'm just saying at best, that's what you're going to get. And in that, you know, that's more than most people will do. It's just, but like, yeah. you know, here's the other thing. Like, I mean, you even said, like we were talking, talking about Stanley Johnson last night. You said, I don't know how he doesn't make a team, you know, but it's taken COVID for some of these mm-hmm. guys to get chances in barring another pandemic, knock on wood, it doesn't happen. <laughs> like you're not going to have these hardship deals for, to right. give people like Kevin Knox a chance, you know, four or five years yeah. from now. So for sure. Yeah, yeah. He better get his, he better get his ship. Right. So. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't bet on Cam Reddish. I would at least, I think he's just so ta- he, he, yeah, he, I agree. He has enough talent. <laughs> Kevin Knox is somebody who I just don't think, honestly, I just don't think is very talented. I just think he's, an athletic guy who every once in a while you get a glimpse of that athleticism, like comes out as a shooter or a rebounder or a finisher or whatever. I just don't think he's good at basketball. Cam, I I really think there is a quality NBA player in there somewhere. Mm -hmm. It's just, he's at best the fifth starter and probably more like the sixth, seventh, eighth man. And he still thinks that he's the second best player on a championship Mm -hmm. team, you know, and that's, he's got to figure that out. He's got to figure it out. Um, so one more thing that's like trade related, you, you know, I'm not going to mention his name cause he's on my Dunzo list until he actually plays a basketball game. Um, but there's been a lot of rumors on mm-hmm. what, <laughs> on what the Sixers have turned down for he who shall not be named. <laughs> um, I'm concerned. <laughs> I'm concerned if I'm, Gosh, if I'm a Sixers fan yeah. at this point. Uh, there was the... Jeremy Grant, Sadiq Bay, first round pick, and Kelly Kelly uh, Olenek trade that, that that they now listen. These are all rumors. Who knows? Yeah, there's Who no knows telling, that this is all out there. But a lot of the stuff, the smoke that's there is like 
realistic enough to where I kind of think that may not be a hundred percent true, but that feels like at least 85% of the truth. And I just got to be honest. If they, that's a good trade for Ben Simmons at this point for he, I'm sorry, sorry for he who shall not be named. Listen, at this point that um, that's not a good trade a year ago. Like if you, yeah. you know, but we are where we are. And honestly, like if, a month goes by and you aren't getting better offers. Like Maury needs to go crawling back to Detroit and be like, you know what? I will take that trade. Cause yeah. you're talking about like Jeremy Grant, who is a serviceable veteran who could help you in this push for the playoffs that you're going to, that you're doing uh, a, a defensive young defensive stud in Bay in a, in a first round pick for a team that's going to be bad like that. That's, you know, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not really sure there's a better market out there for you. Like, and so I I don't know. I just, that's, it's wild to me that, you know, I understand saying no to it. It's, it was the quote of they were not happy and hung up the phone. Like, and and that may not have actually happened, but like, what, what do you, what's going to make you happy in this situation? Cause that's probably as best you're going to get unless you can, you know, dupe the Hawks into trading you Collins and pieces for that. And so, I don't get it, man. I don't at all. Yeah. The other one that's out there is the Kings, and the it's gone back and forth on the Kings of whether or not they're engaging with anyone on De'Aaron Fox and whether or not that includes the Sixers. And, and what I think is happening with the Kings is, and I have no, obviously, I say all the time, we don't know anything, we're two idiots, we have no sources, anything like that. Just kind of like connecting the dots. My my belief now with the Kings is that the Kings are trying to get uh, Simmons for a trade involving Fox, and the Sixers are don't want Fox, or want way more to go with Fox mm-hmm. than what they're going to get. Fox with Simmons makes no sense to me whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Fox, I think the shine has come off on Fox so much, man. I just, I yeah, think a lot of teams are kind of like not real interested in what this this guy brings to the team. He's kind of a like, and please forgive me if this is rude, and I because I like Fox. He kind of seems like a poor man's Russell Westbrook. Like he, the way he mm-hmm. plays is just never or going. John Wall, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. John Wall's probably a better better comparison. Like he, he, the way he plays is never going to be a leader on a championship team. And that's, that's okay. Like, I mean, like he's just not going to, well, and I wonder too, and you know, I love De'Aaron Fox. I have a, I had a lot of Fox stock. I kind of feel like watching him this year when I've watched the Kings, I feel like I'm watching a guy who has played for a crap franchise for too long and Mm -hmm. now he's broken. Yeah. And yeah. So, (laughs) I mean, I can kind of see why the Sixers might be like, mm, we'd really be more interested in Halliburton because he's not broken yet. He's not nearly as talented as Fox is. It's not yeah. anywhere close. Let's get him before and, you damage him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but we we feel like he is still uh, <laughs> he's still not broken. And I think again, I don't know any of this. I I do think that there are conversations going on between the Sixers and and the uh, mm-hmm. and the the Kings. But if the rumor is true that the Kings were willing to take Harris and Simmons and the and the Sixers haven't done that yet. Oh my gosh. That's mm-hmm. that is malpractice. Yeah. Now, I, what what I believe is happening at this point, just like I believe that that Maury did not make any real attempts to trade Simmons. Um not 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 
actual attempts. That that the, the whole that the the price that he set was actually just uh, cover for we're not trying to actually trade him. I now I'm at the point now, and I, I don't know where you stand on this. Um, I believe that he has no intention of trading Simmons this year, and that he's waiting to trade Simmons to Brooklyn in a sign and trade for Harden in the offseason. Hmm. I think that's his plan at this point. What do you think about that? That would make logistical sense, but mm-hmm. Maury doesn't seem to be smart enough to do that right now. You know, but I don't know. Like, I mean, yeah, I do agree that that's probably that makes that makes a lot of sense. I haven't thought about that before, but yeah, that 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 would make a lot of sense. Don't would you do you want James Harden for four years no. and two hundred plus million dollars? I think I think if you're no, the, if, I think if you're the Nets, you absolutely do that because you know. I I think worst case you could maybe flip Simmons if he ends up failing for you too. You could convince the Lakers to take him, you know, like clutch bros or whatever. Like, but mm-hmm. I think that he I think that he's more likely to be able to be tradable from Brooklyn than he is from Philly in that situation. So like you take a risk on him and who knows, maybe you can get something out of him. And mm-hmm. Simmons doesn't have to be the guy on a team with Kyrie and Durant, and that might be good for him. Yeah. I mean I said Earlier this year, I mean, excuse me, this season, when we were still talking about he who shall not be named, I said Brooklyn's one of the few places, and we were both saying it's not like I'm, you know, uh, but yeah, we were we were kind of saying Brooklyn's one of the places that actually makes some sense for him because there's no pressure there as long as you have mm-hmm. him right now. At the time, we were talking about a he who shall not be named for he who shall not yeah. be named kind of yeah. trade, less so than than Harden for this, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that makes a little bit of sense from Brooklyn's standpoint to a degree. But mm-hmm. if you're going to do that, you have to really believe that 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 your guy is going to play. And well, and you, you know that. that's that's a risk knowing too that like if you if you do that, you're basically saying Harden's not coming back. So if you know Harden's leaving, then I think you absolutely do that. But it's just that's a that's a pretty big commitment for. 33 million for the next three years after this year, you know? And so I, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. it, as we've seen any, any contract is tradable. And so it's definitely something I would consider. I, I'm yeah, I would, I think I would definitely consider that. Okay. I, I, that's my vibe. Now, of course we'll wake up tomorrow and they, they traded him. I just, but, but here's the only thing I'll say about that too, is I feel like the damage that is being done because of this like if the trade deadline passes and he doesn't get traded, I feel like it's going to be some irreversible damage and even in his trade value in the offseason too. Like like I think that we're going to see cuz I don't think he's going to play for them. And so if he sits a whole year, I think that's going to be really bad for everybody if I'm being honest. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. It's a bad look, it's a bad vibe. Um the the there's a uh, Verno on on the mismatch this week said that what he had heard too was that Simmons camp is telling other teams like potential trade partners don't worry about the mental health thing that's going to go away mm-hmm. well that just confirms what we've been saying all along that he's using this which is yeah. disgusting it's disgusting um, and, he, and if that's not a true statement then and he actually is having mental health issues right. don't belittle that like that's right. you know like he needs yeah. help if you're going to be yeah doing that so no and at the same time that he's going to need a few weeks to to before he's able to play for whatever team does trade for him Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
because we know he doesn't work. So I don't know what he's been doing for the last three, four months, but it's apparently not working out. So anyway, all right, moving on. Can I can I gripe for a minute? Can we can we talk about not basketball for just a second? Yeah. Cool. Yes, we like other things than basketball, and we know other things than basketball. This is the time that we talk about them because they're not basketball. So if you hear that sound, you know. <laughs> we don't use it very often. No, we, we need to use a lot it more. To talk about. I think, yeah. I think that's, that's one of my favorite dumb things we've done, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that sound. It's a good one. Um, we mostly use it in the offseason uh, when we don't have anything to talk about. Um, this, this year we, we have so much to get through, but I just, I, I texted you. I was like, I need to get something off my chest. I am a supporter of Everton football club, an EPL team, Met club, whatever. Um, I got into this about a decade ago. Very serious about it. I love, I love soccer. I've always really liked, I, I played soccer growing up and really dug it and, um, I'm very serious about Everton. Like I probably care about Everton Tobin more than I care about any other, any other team or club except for the Mavericks. Um, <laughs> and I watch a ton of EPL games. I got you into this. You did, yeah, as well. <laughs> and you were smart enough to pick a good team. Um, so kudos to you for that. You picked our rival Liverpool, and since that time they've won. Uh, they've won the 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 English the, the championship basically, and y'all won Champions League right one year right? Yeah, we won it the yeah. f- my first year of following yeah. them, so this sh- certainly helped. To be fair, <laughs> they lost in the Champions the year that I before I chose it, and I I think I read that old article from Bob Sturm that was like if you're an American and choosing EPL here's like a you know a guide and the thing that I didn't choose Liverpool because they were going to end up going on this run I chose them because they were kind of like the they weren't the Warriors but they were like the team that is on the cusp of doing something great but they don't have to buy all their players to do it you know and then they, and that's mm-hmm. that's what happened so it's been a really fun ride so far you know I it, it's a lot but it's basically replaced football for me which is weird like yeah, same here. Totally the same Same for me. I watch very little. I watch Red Zone on Sundays, like, post-church, you know? Like, come home and just, cool, I'm going to chill on the couch for a couple hours, and that's really all I engage with on, on football at this point. Um, whereas I, I do a, I mean, I'm, I watch, I, I listen to podcasts. I do everything with, with EPL. I love EPL, and I love Everton Football Club. That said, we are a dumpster fire and have been, for a really, really long time, for the majority of the time that I've that I've been a part of this, um, over the weekend, <laughs> over the weekend we lost to the worst team in the league, and it, it it was like a look. I mean, it was a close, quote unquote, close game. No, it wasn't. They scored two goals in 90, 90 seconds, and we deserved to lose because we play like absolute crap. And then they then they fired the manager. The manager, by the way, that literally no one wanted except for the owner of the club and Liverpool the only and Liverpool fans. Yeah, <laughs> this dude Rafa Benitez. A he sucks. B he's he's a he's a Liverpool guy. 
What are we doing? You can't do that. You can't hire a Liverpool guy to run the the rival of Liverpool. One of my favorite um, things was, that was trending that day was Agent Benitez. And it was basically like, thank you, Agent Benitez. Your service is done. Like, <gasps> it's like so great. And, and it felt, yeah. And it was like, it hurts because it feels true. It feels like <laughs> he did this on purpose. He ran my club into the ground. And it wasn't like they were far off the ground, but gosh almighty, he ran my club into the ground. This is what I've been dealing with, Tobin. (laughs) In in my decade, just short of a decade as, as an Everton supporter, we have had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and now ten managers in the nine ish years that I have been a supporter of this club. Ten managers, none of whom, except for like the the like the Duncan Ferguson's, who's an Everton legend and he's going to be the interim coach and all that sort of stuff. None of whom, a have been good, but b have like had anything in common. Like it's very strange. The the like in American sports, you get the whole you 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 fire an offensive coach, you hire a defensive coach, you you fire a players kind of coach, you you bring in a you know a, a you bring in a hard A kind of guy. Um, there's no rhyme or reason for any of this other than, like, this guy's name sounds good. I mean, it's like he's a big name, and that's how they've also uh, built their, t- their the club, the, like the roster. It's very much like the Raiders in the late Al Davis era where it was like, what if we gave this guy that no one wants and is well past his prime, like, all the guaranteed money? That's what Everton has been doing for, for the last 10 years, basically. Mm-hmm. It's like, is this guy past his prime or in his prime? Oh, very much past his prime. Cool. Would double the market be good? Because that's what we want to do. It's unreal how frequently they have screwed up these signings over and over and over again. This is what I really want to gripe about, though. So they hired Rafa Benitez. Everyone was out on it from the get-go. Like, there were, like, protests and stuff mm-hmm. at, at uh, the Everton headquarters. Like, don't hire this bozo to take over our club. Guess what? It didn't work. They fired him after less than six months. But before they did that, this is what kills me, and this is why I'm griping about it on this basketball show for too long. I apologize. Everyone knew that he's going to get fired because they have been in horrible form for the majority of the time that he's been with the club. They are lo- they are on a ridiculous streak of not winning. They've won one game, I believe, out of their one match out of the last 15 uh club game or league games, okay? It's not going well. It's not going well at all. And yet they went ahead and let him grab some power before he got ousted. So over the last month, they've gotten rid of their director of medical, they've gotten rid of their head of recruitment, They've gotten rid of their manager of scouting. They've gotten rid of their director of football. And then they let him run off one of the, like, three guys who has performed up to his his contract over the last few seasons. They're right back, uh, Luca Dean. They, yeah, they're like, that's fine. We'll just let him. He, he left on a, for a price that is kind of embarrassing for the quality of player that he is. And they just let Rafa Benitez continue to make decisions, knowing full well this guy's probably on his way out. So he leaves having completely decimated, like basically the front office of the of the club. 
Um, and now we're there searching for another. Don't this th- don't be an Everton fan. If you're like, hey, World Cup's coming up. I want to get into soccer. You know how most people were like, hey, you should be a fan of my team. You should not be a fan of my team. It's <laughs> awful. It is awful. And I I I regret so much my decision making in 2020, whatever, 2013, 2012, whatever. Uh, I I would like to go back in time and punch that guy in the balls. Because I this is a horrible <laughs> decision. It is week to week. It puts me through absolute hell to be a team, a fan of a team that's 3,000 miles away that I have no geographical or familial ties to, but I just made a decision, and I'm stuck with it because that's the way my stupid brain works. Don't be an Everton fan. J- be, be a City fan. Be a Pool fan. Like, get, get the... Go for it. Like, be a bandwagon fan at this point. It doesn't matter. Just You're not geographically located anywhere near... Just, just pick the good teams from now on. That's my advice. Stay away from Everton. What a dumb to your, to your fair it. To your credit, though, like they were top eight pretty consistently until the last couple of years. Like, <laughs> you know, like, they, like when, that, when I chose, like, honestly, if I'm being honest, like if, you, if they weren't your rivals, <laughs> like, I'm sorry, if, if they weren't Liverpool's rival and you hadn't chose them, like that's a team that I would have looked at because, one, I yeah. like blue uniforms. I think that looks really cool. And yeah. they have a good history. And I at the time, they had... They still, I guess they still do. They had Pickford, and so like I had just finished the World Cup, and I really liked the England run with Pickford. Yeah, yeah. I probably would have chose them if I'm being honest. If you weren't, if you weren't choosing them, but instead I did the petty thing and chose your rivals. So, <laughs> but hey, the you know you can do one of two things: either you can come join me on the Liverpool side, and you'll never walk alone, or mm-hmm. you can stick with Everton and probably win the championship next year. So it'll be you know. <laughs> you suck. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know how much I wish that my brain worked like that? <laughs> that I could just be like, you know what? Dude. I'm a Chelsea fan now, actually. Yeah. Pulisic, all the way. Like, of course. There's no course way. Neither one of us can do that. Like, no. and that there's a reason why we follow the same basketball team yes. that breaks our heart all the time. <sighs> and so, yeah. I might as well get a tattoo. Like, I might as well on my forehead say Everton. Because I like I I won't I won't I won't stop doing this. Okay, here's the but it's stupid. Here's the, yeah. here's the question. This can I guess this can be the last thing because I'm yeah. I'm I thought this would be a minute. Well, so okay, that, you know if they do get relegated, which to be honest, oh my gosh. there yeah. it's not likely, but there is a chance if they get relegated. It's literally never happened. It is literally never literally. happened. Ever. They have never. Do been you relegated. stick with them in the championship, or do you probably find a yeah, Premier League team? You can team. watch it all now. On yeah, ESPN, yeah. But like, do you, you know? find a Premier League team to follow? Since you're not going to be watching Premier League, so that was that's always my big advice to to people when they're coming in. Like, hey, I want to be, I want to get into this. What should I do? One of my, my probably my number one thing is like pick a team that's not going to get relegated because it really stinks. It changes everything when you get relegated. Like you're going to lose so many of your players you're going to have a harder time. Now it's not as hard to watch because ESPN Plus has all the championship games. But still, it's a different thing. And I told that Richard got, last year in the pandemic, he got super, super, super into soccer uh, and English football. And he picked Fulham. And I was like, that's a mistake because they're going to mm-hmm. get relegated. And they have. And I think he still follows a little bit, but he's just sort of adopted Tottenham in the interim. Mm-hmm. And he's like, when Fulham gets back up, then I'm, I'm all in on, on Fulham. But it's, but the problem is, is that it's yeah. not just like, like Norwich is a good example. Norwich came up last or two years ago and, you know, be won the championship came up 
and immediately got sent back down. And they came back up again this year, and then they're yeah. probably about to get sent back down. So I think this is the third or fourth time that Norwich has been up and will go back down. And so you and have to, like, struggle. You, you know, if you do that, then you, then you might be in that, you know, stupid revolving yeah. door. And so, yeah. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen because Everton is a bit for – they're not Liverpool, but they're not City big or whatever. No, but Everton is a big club, and it's really difficult for big clubs. Like Aston Villa went down a few years ago, and that was a big deal, and they've they've recovered and they've. Spent it a took them a while though. It did. It took it took like five years, I think, for them mm-hmm. to to get back up. So it is a big deal. I don't have real fear that Everton is going to get <laughs> relegated, but this was a this is a team and a club, and the size of this club should never should never be in a position where they are legitimately fighting for their lives to, to stay up. It just shouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. It, they should always be a team that just almost by default can get 10th, you know, mm-hmm. or 12th or whatever. That, oh, it's a bad season. We got 12th. Should always be. Anyway, I'm going to get off my, but, but the, yeah, it's, it's, I don't expect. I don't really. To be honest with you, I don't even. It's not even like, man, we gotta win the. We gotta win the 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 league. We gotta win champions. I just want my team to be like competitive and get into Europa. What a, I mean, that's re- legitimately like a seventh place finish. I'd be like, that's awesome. That's yeah, cool. you can have fun. That's the one thing that EPL that that normal people don't realize. That I didn't realize is that you can have fun in this league and not win the league. This is why baseball. We've said this before. Baseball yeah. needs to adopt something like this because yes. teams that like the Rangers in the last few years that are out by April, you know, by May, it makes the whole season pointless. But like if you're hovering five, six, seven, eight, you know, in the EPL, you're fighting for a Europa spot. You can also throw all your eggs in the in a cup, you know, if you want to, like a mm-hmm. FA Cup right. or Carabao or whatever, and it makes it more ent- entertaining, you know. And even if you just win a few games here and there, like. It's still okay to be like six, seven, eight in this league. It's whenever you start hovering around fourteen to twenty that you're like, man, yeah. this sucks. And so, yeah. I mean, you've had nineteen games this year and only won five of them. So that means you've only had five yeah. things to cheer and about. I think four of them were in the first five games matches of the season. Yeah, too. I think you're so right. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. Bad hire, awful fire, like, but just like it's bad enough to to hire awful people. And by, again, we're on tenth manager in this time, so. Maybe you suck at hiring, my dude. Um, but it's even worse to let those those guys grab a lot of power because yeah. now you're just like you, you. There's, I mean, and you're in the you know the transfer window is right now, and like who's even in charge? Who? Who's, mm-hmm. It's it's a mess. It's a mess. All right, real fast, and we're gonna get out of this. We will get back to basketball. I know this episode. I didn't. I intended that to be like two minutes tops, and instead it was it was a long rant. So come back to this basketball podcast for soccer talk. Um. Real fast, Tobin. Here's the genesis of what of, of what I what I was thinking when, when I put this on the spreadsheet, the spreadsheet, the run sheet, whatever. The Milwaukee Bucks are this team, and we're not going to get deep into the Bucks yet because they also haven't been healthy, and so that's going to be that's part of the thing. I think the Bucks for the last like three weeks, it seems like everybody says, "Well, the Bucks are probably going to be in the finals." And are maybe the championship favorites. And I agree with that. Like, I keep saying that to myself. Like, I just really think I'd probably pick the Bucs if I got to pick any team at this point. And yet, the Bucs continue to, like, kind of disappoint. Like, I think they're fifth in the East right now. They're fourth. Um, they're fourth, but they're only a half fourth. a game up on, okay. the, on the Sixers, yeah. Okay. They lost that game to the Hawks on Martin Luther King Day. They've had a... They lost to the Pistons recently. They lost to the... Maybe the... It, it, it's just been a lot of, like... 
me saying, yeah, this is probably this is a really good team, and then them losing strange games. But it's not the thing is it's not just them. There is a there's an incredible amount of parity in the league right now. And I think a huge part of it is just the there's a lack of consistency because you're not practicing the fatigue of the last two years, I think, is setting in on a lot of guys as well. And you just like there are so few teams right now that I feel like are capable of going on the kind of like consistent runs that's going to lead them to like assert themselves. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, So here's what I want to do. I just want super, super fast. We're going to go through really quick. Halfway through the season, I'm going to name the team. You tell me, are you buying or are you selling them as a conference finals, having a legitimate shot, like a real chance at being in the conference finals this year? Does that okay? mean I can only buy two since we're looking? No, you so, can go whatever. I don't so know. Like, gonna, okay. this, is, we're, this is sort of off the cuff. And okay. So it's, it's, it's all good. But it's really just about do you believe in the team or do you not okay, believe in the team? Okay, got it. So buy or sell the Bulls. I'm going to buy. They've been awesome, and their defense is incredible. And I think it, it, it's going to rely on DeRozan to me. But if DeRozan can change the narrative of his playoff fortunes, then I think they're going to be dangerous. So I'm selling it. I think they're a regular season team. Um, the Heat, who we barely have talked about this entire season and who have barely had any other players in the, in the, mm-hmm. consistently in their lineup. And they're, I believe they're second in the East. Maybe they're first. They are tied for first in the East right now. Yeah, I'm I'm selling this too. I think it, you you said this about the Bulls. I I think this about the Heat. I think they're a regular season team. Um, I I've watched a few more of their games than I probably realized I have. Uh, I think that they in the past were the team that snuck into the playoffs and then became a playoff team. I think they're the opposite of that this year, and I think they're dealing with some injuries that are going to linger. I think the whole season. So I go the opposite. I think that whatever spot they have in the seating is gravy and they are kind of built for, for a playoff run and they have the best coach in the league too. Yeah. And that's definitely, definitely part of it. Sure. Sure. If Spo doesn't win head coach, uh, coach of the year this year, I'm going to be pretty pissed. Yeah. That dude's awesome. Um, all right. Nets buy or sell. I'm going to buy because I just think if everyone is healthy and able to play, that's the biggest caveat. If everyone is healthy and able to play, they're, I think they, I think the stat was, I don't know if it's changed. They were 13 and three in the 16 games they've played together. I, I think that that's going to be pretty hard to top in the playoffs. So I'm going to say bye for that. Okay. I'm buying, but I, I'm nervous but about it though. If I'm, yeah. Same here. Same here. Same here. Cavaliers. Uh, <laughs> sell. By the way, they beat their over under already. Yeah. Yeah, way to go, guys. We all took the under, I think. Uh, sell only because I think that they are too weird and young to, like, make a playoff yeah. run. Okay. Okay. I think they need a player. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm selling them as a conference finals team. I, I think it's awesome think what they they're doing. I just think that yeah, same here. Their, yeah. their lineups are weird, and eventually that's going to – like that. I think I said this about somebody last week. Whenever you're playing a team seven times in a row, it's a lot easier to scheme for this kind of stuff. And so I think that that'll be their, in, their ending at some point. So Okay. Bucks. I'm going to buy solely because – I think you're right. They don't look normal. They don't look the same, but I'm wondering how much of this is just uh, them kind of like coasting while they need to coast. 
until they okay. until they need to turn it on. And and you just you, just having Giannis is already going to be a a big plus too. Uh, yeah, I go by as well, but but I'll fully admit a part of it is just because I that's just where I've been all season. Mm-hmm. I just expect at some point. Okay, they got it. They figured it out. Sixers. I'm going to buy. I think Embiid is he's been on another level for the last couple of weeks since he's come back from COVID. Uh, and I think that I do think they're going to make a trade and I don't think it'll be about, it may not be he who shall not be named, but I think that they have a deal out there that they can make that can push them. But I, I think they're also in a good spot of like right now they, they're either going to get the bucks or the Cavs, And I think that they can beat those teams. And I think that you're right that if they're going to, if any team can, you know, bully the bulls out of the playoffs, it can be them. And so I think that I'm going to buy them. I sell. I just think of all the teams that are inconsistent, they're the team that's the most inconsistent to me. It's just, I never know night to night mm-hmm. if they're going to be good or bad. If they're going to, I think a lot make. of it's going to depend on if they can just put the Simmons crap behind them. Like, yeah. you know, if they, if they're able to, just to, if he doesn't get traded at the deadline, they could say, okay, we're going without him, and let's just let's focus on what we got. So, yeah, they're wasting Embiid. Embiid's been awesome, and I just I don't know how much longer. Yeah, I just don't think you can expect it to, to stay together for him. And anyway, okay, uh, let's move to the West. Suns. Uh, being by, they're the only team. Yeah, same I mean, the, that's the easiest one. Yeah, yeah, they're like the only consistent team in the league. Right the now. one that's thing I will say is they have not had the COVID outbreak on their team yet, and so. Part of me is short of eight and they've had, yeah, they've stayed pretty consistent. Part of me is uh, like, what are you guys doing? Is it illegal? Or, hey, maybe you guys need to go get in a room and all get it now. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about this in May. Like it hit in April. That's true. So that's awful. Don't go get COVID (laughs) on purpose. But, you know, sorry, I shouldn't have said that. But anyway, no, I, 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 funny. I got you. Yeah. Warriors. Oh, man, I don't know. It's a buy for me based on uh, Draymond will come back and they'll they'll reassert okay. themselves. If if we get the news that Draymond's like, oh, I don't know, he's out for the season, it, uh, to me it's over. Here, here's, why, here's why it's a sell for me is I kind of mentioned this earlier, but right now you're looking at Nuggets, Lakers, possibly in the first round, maybe even the Mavs if the Mavs slip a little bit, you know, and that's a tough out. Uh, if you win that first game against the Nuggets, that first series against the Nuggets or Lakers, you're looking at the Grizzlies, who we don't know how they can be in the playoffs, but like that's a tough out. So I'm gonna say bye, but like a, I would never put money on this, like, okay. in, you know, in just for whatever. So, Jazz. sell, <laughs> sell. They you may know. not be like if they keep it up, they may be in the play-in tournament. By the time we're no, they're not gonna. Drop dude, come one. on! I, I, yeah, I mean, I. Okay, no, okay, hold I, on, hang on. That's not that ridiculous of a statement, okay? I mean, I want to tell you why. True. You're, you're right because they right. are, they are twenty nine and sixteen. The teams behind them are us, the Mavs, who are four, three and a half games behind them. Okay, the Nuggets, who have Jokic and capability of winning games. The Lakers, who have not been healthy for a while, and if they if they are healthy, they're good. Okay, mm. those three teams alone can catch them, and that puts you at the six seven seed. 
I'm just saying, like that's not that's, that's a, not that's a lot that, of games to make. You're up, right, but, I, but I, they I, are one and seven in their last eight. So, yeah, I mean, the vibes are not good. That's for sure. The, the thing with the Jazz is like, <laughs> I they play a type of basketball that I like. Like they're easy for me to kind of root for in a vacuum. Um, it's very Spurs light when it's going well, at least. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, they're, they're pretty easy to, to kind of enjoy watching play basketball. But their, their fans, their supporters, their media and stuff, they – I get it. I full, And I'm pretty sure we've said this before, but, like, having been a fan of a team that was perpetually <laughs> a really good basketball team that, uh, that nobody took seriously – and it would it made me furious in my younger days, and every year it was right for the most part. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get being kind of kind of grouchy about y'all, we keep winning games, and y'all just don't take it seriously. They make it impossible mm-hmm. for us for me to take them seriously. Like that Lakers game the other night, the loss. Brutal that's, man, that's that ridiculous. So because it wasn't just like, hey, the Lakers won, LeBron, whatever. Like the the stuff that went wrong for the Jazz down the stretch was so self inflicted in so many ways. It was it was gross. It was it was just gr- it, it it they bogged down and they make Donovan Mitchell for all of his his all starness and his his goodness and whatnot is still an awful decision maker. He's awful at, at choosing what to do. He just it's and and then you have the bad vibes between him and Gobert. It's yeah, it's, that's what I was gonna say too. Is that man. they seem to be kind of this is normal. Like they seem to be kind of ripping at the seams, but it's also not normal. Like they, I don't know if they have the. I mean, like there's already been talks of Mitchell and Gobert having problems with the COVID stuff a couple years ago, and so mm-hmm. like yeah. eventually this stuff's gonna crack, you know. And if it hasn't already, and so. Uh, on online tonight, I'm already seeing people talk about, well, maybe we can trade Conley and get something to help us. And I'm like, dude, like you're not, yeah. there's nothing that you can trade outside of Mitchell. That's going to help you at this point. And then they're just going to tank if you have, if you lose Mitchell. So yeah. yeah. Okay. Grizzlies, man, I want to buy this. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I really, really do. We talked about them at length last week. I really, really want to buy this. I don't think they have enough shooting to be successful in the playoffs right now. Mm. I I also think that they are probably going to be pretty big players at the trade deadline, if I had to guess. I don't know if they have trade. I haven't looked at them to see if they have tradable assets necessarily, but mm. uh, defense does win championships, but you also have to have pretty good shooting too, and I don't think they have enough for that right now. So I'm going to say sell very tentatively. I'm going to buy it. Conference finals Despite is Despite the fact that I feel like they're a team that is try hard and that usually doesn't work well in the playoffs, I think they've got... Here's how I would put it. If you told me that they lost in six in round one, I yep, that makes some sense. I told, you know, I can see... I can definitely see how that could happen. I do think that if the bracket broke the right way for them... Mm-hmm. They're a team like the Hawks were last year. Yeah, sure. That could overachieve a little bit um, in the in the and get to and the conference final mm-hmm. or something like that. Now, at the same time, again, I said last week it's 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 a team that 
doesn't really scare me in the playoffs at this point, given the the current iteration of the team because of the shooting, like you said, because they're such a try hard team, because blah 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 blah. I just think if the bracket weren't the right way for them, they're a they're a tough matchup for a couple of those teams that are up high. And so. it, it, for that to happen, in my opinion, that means they need to be the two seed so they can get the playing game. Like, and so yeah, that that's yeah. That's true. And, and and also have home court against the Warriors. And sure. so, or whoever else ends up being the three seed. Right. But, um, right. yeah, I mean, listen, like, they're, like, when the Hawks are making their run, I, it was making me sick to my stomach because, like, I just don't, I couldn't handle that. Right. You know, this yeah, would, this would be the opposite. If they made that same kind of run, you know, short of knocking us out, I'd be thrilled. You know, like, mm-hmm. I'd be thrilled about it because it'd be awesome to watch. Sure. Nuggets. This is a sell for me. Yeah, I, as great as Jokic is, with Murray's going to come back at some point. I just, I just think they don't have the horses, and they it's every night, even when they win by a bunch, it feels like a struggle mm-hmm. to get there. I feel like this is the last season of the Nuggets as we know it. I think that they're going to have to make mm-hmm. some changes this next year, or else they're going to lose Jokic at some point because I think they have to convince him that they're making a turn. And so mm-hmm. I think this is the last year of this current iteration of the Nuggets. So. Yeah, sell for me. Okay. All right, let's just combine our last two little segments because they're we're already running super long. Let's combine those into this Lakers. I sell. I mean, I don't. There's there's nothing on that team that. Yeah. Like, it's it's kind of sad. It's almost sad. Like I almost it makes me sad watching them right now because it's like it's like the the legends of old, you know, are still playing and in LeBron has been awesome, but he cannot carry a team like this anymore. Mm-hmm. This is not the 2016 Cavaliers. This is not, you know, like there's no way he can carry this team And Westbrook continues to just like win them some games, but also really lose them some games And AD cannot stay healthy. And so mm-hmm. if they are all healthy and ready to go at the playoffs there, I wouldn't want to play them. But I don't think I think it's going to be like last year, like everybody's going to give them a, like a lot of clout, you know, yeah. like you're like, oh, the Suns better watch out. And then they'll be hard. At, they'll be a hard out, but then they're going to get put in their place. I think that's what it's going to end up being. And they and they don't have the, the Vogel stuff is insane, right? Like we both agree that Vogel Vogel apparently was going to be fired if the Jazz lost if they lost to the Jazz, <laughs> which the I didn't hear that until you brought it up. But it, it doesn't make any sense like that. This is kind of like you can't fire a guy. Well, you can, but you shouldn't <laughs> fire a guy when he, when you're, de- when he's dealing with the stuff that he's dealing with, whenever Stanley Johnson is having to win you a game, right? That's not Vogel's fault. Like, I mean, like his team can't stay healthy. You gave him Westbrook and Westbrook's been a big part of the problem this year. Yeah. Like, what is he supposed to do about that? You know, and don't get me wrong. Like, I, I don't think Vogel was necessarily the right. I, I'd let me, let me phrase this. I didn't think Vogel was the right hire. Mm-hmm. He won the, the tournament had was really good in the bubble. Like we, we talked about how yeah, yeah, for impressed sure. we were with him that we did not expect that. I don't think he's handling things great now, but what is he supposed to do? Like, I mean, like what is he supposed to do in this situation? Like, it's not his you fault. hired a coach who is is a defensive coach. He's a really good defensive scheme kind of coach. 
And then you traded away every single person on the entire roster who is capable of playing defense except for Anthony Davis and whatever you get from LeBron. Like, that's... I legitimately think that they hoped that he was going to be the stopgap to Jason Kidd. And then and yeah, then them winning the title, title. kind of yeah. uh-huh. kind of screwed that yeah. for them because yeah. Jason totally Kidd agree. I think would be the head coach there right now if it wasn't for you. them winning a yeah. title in the bubble, and so well and you know Fizdale is a LeBron guy so you know if if they go on another like three game losing streak or something which right now they're kind of struggling with the Pacers who are three and seventeen on the road um, if they if they go on like a three game losing streak. You know LeBron's going to start them. I mean, he's he's going to start talking about Fizdale. I mean, it's just it's going to happen. I, mm-hmm. I it's I agree with you. It's like Vogel is not. I don't think Vogel is a great coach. I think he's a above average coach, maybe something like that. But it's not his fault that you traded for Russell Westbrook. <laughs> That's LeBron James and and Rob Polinka's fault. Mm-hmm. So, and it's man, it was so funny in that Jazz game because. They made their run when they took Westbrook out, and he did everything he could to not bring Westbrook back in. I'm talking, like, even, like, seconds. He was like, any second that I can get not having Westbrook on the floor, we're going to do it. And they they brought him back in, and fortunately, by that point, the Jazz just were making stupid decisions, and they were able to, to, to finish it out, and Westbrook had that awesome, like, and one at the end, which also, by the way, was the worst. Like, it was such a bad decision that he went ahead with that. Mm-hmm. Like, he absolutely should have pulled the ball back and, and sort of, and he didn't because that's what Russell Westbrook does and, and all this sort of stuff. But um, anyway, I, I just, the concept of firing this guy after giving him what you gave him is is unbelievable to me. But you're Frank Vogel, you also got an extension out of it, so maybe you're like, "Cool, man, see you later." Yeah, like, I mean, it's what? not like he, he's like it's not like he's gonna be, you know, lose lose in this situation. It's just it's just it's bad karma, in my opinion, to fire a coach who's dealing with. It's the same reason why a lot of coaches don't get fired whenever they have massive injury issues, even though they should be fired. You see this a lot in like in other sports too, like the NFL, especially like. There's there's coaches that get a year just because they lost a quarterback or something like I if you're talking to Vogel and you're and you're saying like, hey, we don't think you're doing very good. Like, I'm going to be screaming at them. Well, the best player in our team has been gone for two thirds of the year, can't get his legs healthy. And the other person you just brought in has been atrocious. Like, what am I supposed mm-hmm. to do with that? If anything, I'm like, OK, sign the check. I'll go somewhere else and yep. be, a, you know, have to deal with this crap on a daily basis. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, last one, and then we'll we'll cap off here with a uh, we'll try to go a quick Mavs time. Uh, Mavs by yourself. This is a tough one for me. Like I don't I don't like hope. No, um, and also I don't want to be a homer. Um, okay, and well also, here's the thing. We've been pretty. Good I said this with the Grizzlies. Defense defense can get you far in the playoffs, and the Mavs have been incredible on defense. The Mavs do something that the Grizzlies don't. Whenever they whenever they hitting shots, they hit a lot of shots, and so mm-hmm. if we're looking at the standings. They're going to get like right now, they're going to get the jazz in the first round. I have no doubt that they could take down the jazz like so that and then they're going to get the Suns in the second round. If that's the, if that's what ends up happening. It, I feel like we can beat the Suns if we are on top of our game because we have the defense to shut them down, you know. And so if that's the case, then I'm going to say bye 
but I super hate saying that about my own team. But it seems like, and we had been saying, like when Luca was out for 10 games, we, they were 5-5, five and five, and they were winning games that they shouldn't have been winning, and they were staying close in games they shouldn't have stayed close in and ended up losing. When Luca came back, and then KP immediately went out, we're like, gosh, man. Like, But now that everything's kind of falling into place, the defense has been incredible. You sent me that article today, and I read it, that basically said that in a weird way, having like scrubs from the you know hardship contracts win games and playing hard on defense kind of woke the old guard up of man if they mm-hmm. can do that we can do that and so like the game I was at I went to see them play the Thunder in, in person this week and the movement and activity they have on the court it's is yep. unreal like it's it's constant constant moving and constant like just badgering of players and if they are able to maintain this they're going to be a hard out from for anybody in the Western Conference right now. I'm not saying we're the best team. I'm not saying that we're going to be in the in the finals. We right now, as constructed, we are not a finals contender. Like I don't think. Right, right, right. But conference finals is a little bit different. Like you can you can make some noise and get to the conference finals and get blown out by the Warriors, you know, or whatever. But mm-hmm. like I think that I think there's a chance that this could happen for us. I really do. I think that. I weirdly, I actually think that the war that we are a better, I think the Warriors are a better matchup for the Mavs than the Suns are, and I'm I'm I mean we're gonna get a look at it tomorrow because the Mavs play the Suns, but also they're playing them on the second night of a back to back, and it's not my favorite yeah. time to play. I would love for that t- that game to be on Friday instead of Thursday. Yeah, the Suns have so. had three days off too. So yeah, and and I don't even mean that from just the buy. I I mean as a true truly I mean as a basketball observer taking out my fandom, I just would like to see that matchup mm-hmm. with both teams, you know, close to, to full to hundred percent is, is all, um, but playing like a tough game tonight with Toronto who just beat the piss out of us, um, physically. Th- that was, uh, <laughs> it was really funny looking at our Twitter feed, um, <laughs> through that game. Cause I, we have a lot of, uh, we follow several, Toronto accounts because of our friends over at That's a Wrap, and it was really funny to see the number of Mavs accounts that were griping about the officiating and the <laughs> yeah. number of Raptor yeah. accounts that were griping. I mean, it was a whole horrible, horribly officiated game, just all in yeah. all, just awful. Like, both teams have legit gripes at most points of that mm-hmm. game. It was awful, awful officiating. But anyway, sorry, sidetrack there. Um, I'll buy it as well. I do think they may be the thing where it's like sort of unfortunate that there's a real chance that they could be the third best team in the West, but the two teams ahead of them are just too good mm-hmm. to beat for uh, for for this matchup, you know. So, um, which is how the playoffs work. I'm not dumb. I understand. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's I'll 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 buy it because I think they could potentially catch one of those teams at the right time. They also could lose in the first round. Yeah. It's not. It's the here's, same as. But the here's the other thing. A, like, yeah, we. We got the team the last two years that was the worst matchup for Absolutely. us. Absolutely, and Luca. That's that's not that's not fandom or bias yeah. at all. Like if you if the Mavs catch not the Clippers in the first round the last two years, I would I feel very confident about saying they at least make the second round in at least one of those two years. And the Clippers were the worst matchup. We them. almost beat them kind of both times. Like if we think about yeah, it, yeah, they should have won last yeah, year. Yeah, they, 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 they should have won yeah. last year. But in the year before, like we had the moments to where we could have taken that series. 
And that was whenever Luca and KP were not playing well together. But mm-hmm. like if the vibes stay the way they are, I mean, not saying like, you know, we're going to win nine of 10 every, every week, but like if we say playing the way we're playing, I don't think there's many teams in the, in the West that can, that can knock us out easily. I don't think we're necessarily going to beat everybody, but we're going to be a hard out no matter what I think. So it's going to be interesting for sure. Yeah. I, I, it's been really enjoyable watching the team. They've won 10 out of 11. And in that stretch, they've beaten like the Warriors. They crushed the Grizzlies who had won 11 games in a row. And they, you know, some of that may have just been schedule. Cause I think it was, it was a back to back. Yeah. Eight. Yeah. And it was like eighth and 12th night or something like that. So, I mean, I, I get that, but also, uh, they beat the crap. I mean, they like the second half of that game was one of, is, is as good as I've seen the Mavs play all season where they just were mm-hmm. like, Absolutely, and they didn't have KP. So, you know, also, Memphis is missing Dylan Brooks, which is a big deal against Luca. But they, the Mavs, were missing KP, and they they thumped them. And and Luca looked really, really good coming up. Yeah, like I love the defense. The stat we saw today was ninety seven. Their their defensive rating in January before tonight against Toronto was ninety seven point seven, which is unbelievable. I mean, that's to to do that for for twelve, fifteen games, whatever is is incredible. Um, I love this the schematic stuff they're doing defensively too. You mentioned that mm-hmm. that article. We'll put that in the show notes for the two people that might want to read it. But um, I, I shrinking the paint, getting people to buy in uh, on the backside of things, and then just just I think there's a comfort like you that article and you you mentioned this and you're right. Like I think having hungry guys come in who are just like, yeah, we can, we'll slog up the game and try, you know, just guy kind of got everybody bought in. But I also think part of it was kid figuring out rotations and guys just getting accustomed mm-hmm. to the scheme itself because it's such a different way of playing defense than they ever have played under Carlo. It's so much more aggressive. It's so much more movement. Um, watching like when we saw them play the Warriors a, a couple weeks ago, what they what they're doing so frequently is they're and you actually the thunder is a better is a better example of this so they they just barely beat the thunder Gosh, on Martin Luther King such Day. a weird game <laughs> you were in the house I was, so yeah Mavs I think we're up by twenty two Oklahoma City calls a timeout out of that timeout I think it's pretty clear and the Mavs even said it after the game like they kind of took their foot off the gas the thunder didn't the thunder never do i mean that's just kind of what they you know that's what they do is they 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 slog up games they hang around and they just keep coming at you and you have to put your your foot on their throat or they're you know they won't they don't stop but coming out of that timeout they hit two threes in the next two possessions one of them was from giddy and the other one was from muscala muscala yeah. you're right and then they had a Ty Jerome three right, like maybe two possessions yeah. later, something like that. And they were all ugly and the too. Is, like, they, like that, and that's the thing. That's what I was. That's that's the that's the point. When you play defense with this scheme, the way they're doing, there are going to be open shots that happen sometimes because you're scrambling so much. And I, you know, I don't think that anyone is is going to think is going to get to a place where they're like, you know, who's a great defender, Jalen Brunson, you know, and Luka Doncic and Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, But what they do is they try, they're trying to make you, they're trying to get the ball out of the best player's hands. And they're trying to make the the poor shooters shoot the ball. And I know that sounds very, well, duh, no, you know, that's good, smart. 
but they're really committed to that. And because of that, you're going to have these times where Josh Giddy is wide open and he cans a three. And you say, right, but Josh Giddy's a horrible three-point mm-hmm. shooter. So, yeah, he got an open look at the end of it. And we want to close down that space, make sure he's not open-open. But, like, if the end result of a play is that Josh Giddy shoots a three, then we're probably okay with it. And the same goes for Ty Jerome. And the same goes for all these. And you see that over and over again, and it's it's working. It's working against all these teams. How many shots in that Warriors game came from Draymond Green or um, even Jordan Poole from, like, after a pass, after a pass, after a pass with the clock running down in the corner, that kind of thing. Like, you don't want to leave Jordan Poole open, don't get me wrong, but I would much rather Jordan Poole shoot the ball than Steph Curry, you know? And that's what they're, do- that's what they're doing with the defense. I love it. I, I love the, the schematic stuff. Kid has been great at it. If they could just bring in anybody who's capable of, of drawing up uh, an out-of-timeout play, that would be... I really thought that would be like Igor would be good at that, but may, and maybe he's yeah, not given maybe not, he's not given the I chance. Know. I don't know, but... I don't know. That's where they miss Carlisle more than anything yeah. else, is when you're a Rick Carlisle team, you have six timeouts plus the quarter breaks and stuff. You're getting somewhere between eight and ten opportunities where you are going to get a really good look at a basket at the basket. I mean, it's going to, and you don't get that with, <laughs> with kid or, and Sweeney and the rest of these guys, they just, they don't have that guy on the court. So I hope, I hope they figure it out. Luca is rounding into shape, both conditioning wise and, um, in just play wise tonight. It was what? 41. And yeah. 14. And that's the other thing. The other point I forgot to make was that we haven't really seen the capability. Like Lucas had good games, but like, there, uh, I think it was Callie Kaplan today on Twitter said that hit, today was his first 30-point game since November 12th, and he hasn't, like, been lights out you know, really at all this year, for being honest, Like, he, because he's been in and out of injuries and COVID and stuff. And tonight, you know, was kind of like, – because he was awful in that Thunder game on, on Monday. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. it, you know, it's just – there's so many things that are starting to break our way – that that's why I'm saying I'm buying, you know, because like I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like we are we are about to hit a stride that's going to make us pretty awesome, and it, and, it, and we'll we'll inevitably ebb back down at some point. But you know, this is this is the kind of team that I'm excited to watch. Yeah. I guess. I know this episode's super running long. No one cares about maps time except for us and Danny. But can I? I'm I'm going to do it. I'm really sick and tired of hearing. Luka Doncic is out of shape yeah. um, without the context that goes with it. Because mm-hmm. he is. Cause he like, is out of shape. He is. He came in out of shape. Um, but he also <laughs> took a whole country on his back in, into the Olympics. So, you know. I would so much rather my guy come in out of shape after doing after playing in the Olympics, after the wheels off last couple of years that, that we've all had, I would so much rather him come in carrying some extra weight than I would him push it hard over the three weeks, four weeks that he took off and come in with fatigue. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I would so much rather. And I know, I don't know, man, I, he's 22. You know whose fault this is? You just had this wheels here. This is all I'm saying. If you're going to, if you're going to, because I'm hearing it a lot now and I even heard it from like people who should know better. Like, I love Jonathan Charks. I think he's a really good reporter and and a good basketball mind. But like he went on the he went on the Ringer show with uh, 
with KOC and he did the same thing. And I'm just like, I get, you're right. He is out of shape. That's hundred percent accurate. We got to have the conversation though, about the context of that, which includes bubble wheels off wheels off off season played through all this. I mean, carries the team on his back, goes straight to the Olympics, plays, carries that team on his back, takes three weeks off. And yeah, he comes in a little heavy and then has the, the ankle injuries right as he was rounding into form mm-hmm. and then has COVID right as he was rounding into form. Not to mention, the, the, like to me, like the trump card on all this, and then I'll shut up and I'll stop whining about this, is the one time, the one time in his very short NBA career that he's had an offseason to work in, he came back freaking shredded. He looked yeah. like a monster <clears throat> when he came back for his second season, and he was awesome to start that season until he got an ankle injury. So we have to at least acknowledge, yes, he was out of shape. Now, here are the reasons for that. Instead of just being like, well, he was fat and ate also. He just didn't work out. He doesn't work. I'm so sick of hearing it. So yeah, and the, this, is, this, in my opinion, is Jokic's fault because Jokic, for the first time last year, cared about not being a Pillsbury Doughboy. And yeah, by the way, Jokic was like 26, yeah. too, when this And when he this came back skinny, yeah. and it, it was kind of scary at first. It's like, dude, did you, like, did you diet the right way? But then he ended up winning an MVP. And so, like, everybody's like, well, mm-hmm. if, if Luke, because yeah. I've heard people say, well, if Luka would just do what Jokic did, who knows what could happen? I'm like, well, okay, but you, to your point, yeah, like, you also don't know the full scope of the story, or you choose to ignore it. And so, yeah. Yeah, I'm just I'm just a little tired of hearing it. So anyway, tonight he he dropped 41. I think he took it personally against the Grizzlies as well in the second half of that game. Like, really, you think John Morant's better than me? Okay, I'd love to show you yeah. how you're wrong. Um, That's why I'm excited about so, these next few games because I am too. I am too. Winning winning tonight against the Raptors really makes it to where if you can just get one game out of these next three, um, which is again they're playing Suns Warriors Suns Grizzlies Warriors back to back to back. Even if you only get one of those three games, I feel like you these are the games where if Luca is a hundred percent, he's going to go yeah. out there and try to match some match Curry or yeah. Ja or you know Chris Paul or Booker, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. So, agree, agree. All right, last thing, real fast, pick them. What's your who's, speaking who's your of? Picks? My pick is going to be Luca because I think he's going to try to show out this week and he's <laughs> going to do good things. So, Luca is my pick okay. for this week. Um. So usually we try to do our picks uh, earlier in the day. Like we text mm-hmm. each other, here's who I'm picking. We didn't do it this week. <sighs> I had Embiid as my guy, and I try hard to. If in the the, if we don't do that, like text each other, I like don't look at at, at the scores and stuff because I work on Wednesday nights. I try not to look at all this stuff. I did see that he just. It's all good. I trust you. He he did good for me. No no no. <laughs> I I won't do it. I I my my back. Okay, if, since you're not gonna do it, can I use his fifty points on my total from last week? <laughs> no, no. Uh, so I am going with Dejounte Murray as okay. my uh, my pick, and uh, Jason Tatum is my. I, I got to be honest. Why don't you take Jason Why don't you Tatum take as Embiid as your alt, and that can be like a backup. That's fine. Okay, I'm, I'm okay. okay. I'll I'll stick. I'll, I'll I'll be honest with it. I I had I had uh, Embiid, Murray, and uh, and Tatum were my were my guys. So I'll I'll stick with. It. I know. I mean, Tatum had a horrible night tonight as well. Yeah. So I saw that, but I haven't seen what Dejounte did other than that pass. Yeah, I haven't super, either. Super sexy. Um, so I'll go with Dejounte Murray, who's going to make the All Star team, and Jason Tatum is my my alternate. Who's uh, your alternate? Jokic is going to be my alternate this week because he's got <laughs> two games against the Pistons. So, 
as so Isaiah Stewart's gonna fight. Yeah, okay, sorry, awesome. J- sorry, uh, Jacob, but yeah, that's that was my mind, my motivation. So, <laughs> all right, good times, man. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, uh, tell a friend, bring your basketball buddies around to listen to this podcast. It helps us greatly to carve out a little space in this very cramped podcast market. And leave us a five star rating and a five star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And in that review, tell us the most obscure or random NBA jersey that you own or have owned in the past, and we like to read those out at the end of the show. Sorry about all the Everton stuff and extended Mavs time and whatnot. We'll we'll be back next week with more full um, just basketball talk, man. Just do basketball. But if you want an EPL podcast, just let us know. Yeah, so, holler at us. Let yeah. us know. We can definitely be two dumb Americans uh, talking about about that stuff. Uh, but until next week, stay hard, Ronald Rogers. Thank you.